Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Proud member of Sports Drink Network. It is May 16th, 2022. This is Tom coming to you from the Sawdust Studios of the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. This is a, a an unusual off-season podcast in that we're doing it Monday because, once again, schedules collided, uh, preventing us from having the podcast earlier. But here we are with exactly 18 minutes to this podcast. I think we got a good 25 to talk about the... Um... The pretty exciting information we have in store for the Steel Man. This is the thing, is like, we know it's going into the dead zone. The torturous pre-training camp months in which we truly earn our football enjoyment. You know, we, we are allowed to enjoy football in the way that we do due to the Moses and the Israelites in the desert suffering that we go through. But that time has not arrived yet because I feel like the, the, the few weeks after the draft are really exciting when you actually know who your team drafted and you can really dive deep into them and think about them within the context of your team instead of them compared to another guy or whatever. So it's a great discussion to have. I'm glad to have it here. And there's another place where you can have that discussion with other people. That's ColorCast, which is a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. You always advise me not to bury the lead in these things. Sometimes I'll go down to something that's interesting to me, but maybe not to the audience. And we may disagree on what the lead is because the 2022 schedule was just released. However, Uh I think the lead is, how's Kenny doing? We just had rookie minicamp. It really is. You mean you get a shiny new toy, glorious, maned, first-round quarterback, and you get pictures of him on your practice field in the jersey? I agree with you. That's the lead. How's Kenny? I started doing trying to do an express podcast yesterday uh, in order to get the pod out on time. Failed. Had way too many things to do. I was doing it from the car. And I started talking about this, and, and I've slept on it. I've thought about it even more. Look, it can be easy to justify a draft pick and be like, okay, we got Kenny Pickett or we got, you know, Artie Burns, whoever it is. I don't mean to compare those two guys. <laughs> but um, – and then say, oh, now that we have him, maybe he will be great. And then there's – what I think I'm going through right now, which is I didn't want to draft Kenny initially for the reasons that I said, like it's just going to be hard for him to ever be a top five type quarterback. When you look at the physical tools, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I think now, 
like I always said that I liked them. And I think now that I've been able to just dive a little bit deeper and look around and take a breath, I think I got seduced a little too much by the Mahomes-Allen unbelievable playoff game and the way that these quarterbacks are coming in mass into the NFL. And I think maybe I committed a little too hard to, like, you can't win with the team effort anymore. Now, I do think it's harder than it ever has been before to win with, like, okay, good quarterback play, not necessarily elite, and then great defense because you're literally not allowed to play great defense anymore. Like, they were, even the Seattle Seahawks were able to just knock the living crap out of people in, in order for, like, an early career rust to, to get a Super Bowl. Same with Ben, same with Brady, right? But it's just hard not to get more excited about Kenny because I've had this particular thought when it comes to him. So I definitely think talent-wise – and this isn't really an arguable point. This is what it is. I think people start talking about talent as if it's subject. It's really not very subjective. You can tell. His talent level is Alex Smith, Andy Dalton, um, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, even Ryan Tannehill's guy, he's bigger. He has a stronger arm. He's faster, blah, blah, blah. But that's the level of quarterbacking he's in. But when I look at him compared to the rest of those guys, especially throughout the draft process and since he's gotten drafted to Pittsburgh – Once the quarterback, you know he has the physical tools, which Kenny does. Like, it's like, okay, there might not be the best, but his arm's good. He's accurate. He's big. He can scramble. He's got amazing hair. He can do everything. Once you check those boxes, then you can talk about the intangibles. And correct me if if I'm wrong or if you think um, differently, Dad, but I just feel when you compare Kenny Pickett to those quarterbacks, he has such – a more impressive presence and like an alpha nature and a calmness and a confidence that's like understated but very clear that he's just comfortable in every room and on the field. Alex Smith also is like that, but Alex Smith is historically conservative, like throwing the football down the field. But as the rest of those guys, Tannehill, uh, you know, Garoppolo, all these dudes, they don't have the presence that Kenny has. And that does get me really excited for him as the quarterback, especially given the insane weapons that the Steelers have right now. Um, Because, by the way, I am counting the two new receivers. They're Pittsburgh Steelers drafted receivers, and they're not weirdo versions like James Washington, the deep threat who's not fast. Like, they're going to be good. Um, So, I don't know. What do you think? I I hate it when people over talk about overhype intangibles of the quarterback because you need the tangibles first but Kenny does have the tangibles and it just seems so far so good I just I can't have Mitchell Trubisky he's a beta he's a nice guy he can't be the quarterback of the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers Kenny Pickett's he's got a little something about him you mentioned um Artie, Artie Burns before, and uh, you, you didn't mean to compare them but you know you, you sort of feel like no matter what the player is if he was drafted in the first round, like first round him ordains you. Like somehow you'll elevate because you are a first round pick. We know that's not true. Right. Here's here's what I would advise. Everybody should go listen to the interview that Kenny gave at the beginning. I think it was after day one of the rookie mini camp. He is, I mean, we've seen a lot of, we've seen and heard a lot of interviews, but th- this was really, to me, kind of impressive. He's chill without being aloof. He's engaged. Right. He, he's he's taught. He was talking to the reporters. He didn't have anything to, to prove, but you felt like he has it. I got this. He's he's the one saying like I don't know any of these guys' names, but I need you know I'm trying to get them all on the same page. But until I know other names, that's kind of hard to do. So you could see now it is rookie minicamp, and he is he is the alpha among the rookies, obviously. So there's a little leg up. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves when everybody gets into camp. But at least. 
you know, at a minimum, you've got to own rookie minicamp as the number one drafted quarterback on the team. And and yeah, right. uh, I uh, I know we'll we'll differ on the hair, and hopefully he'll mature and that'll get quaffed a little bit better. But maybe he's like Samson and he needs that flow. Yeah, hopefully you'll just get you you will mature in your opinion of that, and you'll understand that that's the biggest asset he has, and it looks great. I think that because when you look for guys, you look for these elite categories. He just seems like a grown man, right? And it part of that's because he was in college for six years or whatever. A lot of that being due to transfer portal and, and COVID, not just because he was like floundering or whatever, but just because you've been in like uh, Mitch Trubisky doesn't seem like that. Man, he's been in the NFL for years, right? There's other guys who don't. See, Andy Dalton doesn't really seem like that, honestly. And I think that that's uh, the only other one I can think about recently when I go through the quarterbacks in my head. There's charming guys like Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, but they seem young. You know, Justin Fields is composed. The only other one that I've seen really get into, you know, we're looking at interviews, but that still says a lot about a guy. It's like Trevor Lawrence really seems like he had that as well. Uh, that comfortability, right? Like he's chill without being aloof. Uh, and he's not my favorite quarterback from that class. I like Zach Wilson a lot more because I like the guy with, you know, transcendent throwing ability. But um, that is just something that has been really impressive since they drafted Kenny is like, man, there's, there's something there to that personality. Um, and uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully his physical tools can trend towards Tony Romo and, and those type of guys. And to me, it just really revolves around one thing, like learning how to be comfortable in the pocket and not bail all the time. And uh, if that's the one big thing you got to work on, at least it's not 10 big things. Well, there's another thing we said we need to get comfortable with, and that is pick it to pickings. And I agree with you. It's very exciting to watch this duo come in. And another interview I highly advise everybody to look at is the Kelvin Austin interview. If you didn't like this guy or love this guy before, you will love this guy. He's another guy. He He's a short guy with a chip on his shoulder. He's had to, you know, he, he makes a point of it all the time. Ever since he started in high school football in his freshman year, uh, discounted at every corner in his football life, and he had to prove himself. If... I don't know how you feel about the pick. I, you know, he's all speed, and that's what Tom Lennon admitted. So, what do you want out of Calvin? He's run fast. So that's that's, awesome. that's fine. Yeah. But I kind of think he's gonna, you know, he's got the moxie to outperform his size, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Oh yeah, definitely. And the, and the rules will let you. I mean, people got to realize the draft has changed so tremendously because of the rules. You're not allowed to hit people, so it lets a lot more people play quarterback. You're not allowed to hit people. That's a lot more small guys play receiver and stuff. So that's cool. And Pickens' interview was awesome as well. I didn't realize he had that personality and that kind of charm to him. So that was exciting with the rookie minicamp. I didn't see any interviews from DeMarvin Leal or anything like that. And is it Leal or Leal? I feel like we got to get that down. Yes. But I do know that they gave yes <laughs> to both. You can call him. He said either or. Either or. It's fine with either me. Or. Well, thanks to Marvin. That's that's a pretty chill guy himself. And I, but by, by the way, I do think that he already put on the 15 pounds. That, he said that right. Yeah, that scouts have been looking for. I, you know that these guys can do. But stuff Mike like Tomlin, that. in his interview, when they he was asked, does does we all have to put on weight? He said, if he's saying that to you guys, he's just that's just conjecture. That's he's just listening he, to football people talk about that. Well, I mean, he also could be saying that to not give other coaches an advantage thinking like oh we got to run at this guy because he's small or whatever you what? know what do you well, mean Tomlin doesn't lie no he doesn't lie he just leads men with uh, the the correct truth for the 
for the instance there. But that would be encouraging if he was able to um, take care of that so quickly. They gave Connor Hayward number 83. So, like, straight-up tight end number. That's really interesting. And then Kevin Colbert. I don't know if I read this wrong or if somebody was joking on Twitter, but it looks like Kevin Colbert said they had a first-round tight end grade on him. That doesn't mean – he had a first-round quarterback grade on Mitch – on uh, who's the other guy with the big head? Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Rudolph. Hey, didn't they – but – um. Wasn't this a thin tight end draft class? Yeah. So if it's relative to a, I mean that I that's hard to believe that he had a first round tight end grade. No but way. If it's a draft, if it's a thin pool, maybe relative to the rest of the tight ends, maybe they would say. But he's not a first round draft pick. Yeah, but it's exciting to have him. I was just very intrigued that they've committed to him as a tight end that way. Yeah, we'll see if he, if he becomes the Swiss Army knife they uh, described him as before. Hey. What do you think about the Steelers' opening game being away for the eighth straight year? You know, what's funny is it doesn't affect me. I guess I don't care, maybe because I'm not on the team that way. But it's sort of – it might create – it worked last year with the Bills thing. It, it creates a sense of urgency. I don't. How much does that really matter to you? It's almost like, well, we get more home games for the rest of the season. We open up on the road – we get four weeks to prepare for a road game um, with a team that has all the pressure on them. It's just like last year with Josh Allen coming in. Now you got Joe Burrow. The problem is it's the Bengals, right, is the opening game. The yeah, problem is I do think that the Bengals, they just have a matchup on the Steelers. I'm not saying the Steelers can't beat them this year, but I could see the Joe Burrow and receiver you know, party Bengals just giving the Steelers problems for a while. Because it's like I've said, over the years, the one type of team that has given Bill Cowher, too, and Mike Tomlin's teams a lot of trouble are true elite throwing teams with elite quarterbacks. So I think it could be tougher than uh, Josh Allen last year, even though Josh Allen might be the best quarterback in the league right now because they were just kind of – they don't have the number of weapons in, in the traditional pass game, it seems like, that the Bengals have. But um, I kind of like the Steelers starting on the road, getting to play the Bengals, getting embarrassed by them twice last year, seeing the Bengals go to the Super Bowl. Bengals got to win this game. Steelers are predicted to be fourth place in the division. So all the pressure's on them. I don't really care. Makes it feel like you have more home games during the year. But it is weird that I guess it's like the seventh longest streak since the 40s or something, like, the Steelers are always on the road to open the air. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care. It was just interesting. The Steelers open as a six-point underdog. Do you think that's enough? Well, it, did, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like, did they lose by less than thirty to the Bengals at all last year? They might want to up you that know what, spread. But, but let's account for the first game of the year. You know, maybe uh, and usually the Steelers start slow, but they'll have a new quarterback. But they'll have a new quarterback, so it's hard to yeah. predict whether that first game, well, everything will be worked out, and maybe that'll work to the Steelers' advantage, given the kind of th- offense they're running. I think that it's tough for the secondaries early in the year is generally the consensus. So I think that that would work against the Steelers, especially with like kind of a new secondary and with a Bengals team that returns everybody. So I would think that would work against the Steelers, but that victory against the Bills last year in in Week One would uh would spit in the face of that take so i yeah i'm I'm kind of excited that the steelers get to take a crack at the bengals for the first week that's cool but yeah of course the bengals are gonna have the the advantage 
two pieces of good news, at least from my standpoint. One from my standpoint, no 425 games on Sunday so far. I love that. Yeah, Even I hate they, the 425 they may, game. They may flex. It just totally screws up your day. The other good news, which I think the team would consider good news, is the bye comes in week nine. Yeah, final, a nice middle of the season bye. And what, they have five primetime games? Uh, I didn't count. I believe so. Yeah, they got five. Of course, they're the Steelmen. All right? I think they're tied for – I think there's like eight teams that have like five, and the Steelers are one of them. Cow, Cowboys and Steelers are always going to get primetime games. I know a lot of people don't like them. I know you don't like them. It sucks for you. I mean, I'm in Houston, so I get an hour – behind which is very helpful but i just i love the night games i know even uh florio said that the steelers don't like night games because they're he's like because people have work in the morning so they don't want to go i'm like what what all fans have work in the morning in every city what's going on pittsburgh we need to lower those prices we need to get the season ticket holders away from these old guys who hate tiktok and don't want to show up to the games and get it to the young drunk kids so that we can have the damn home field advantage we need Brooke Pryor, staff writer for ESPN, predicts the Steelers will have three wins by bye week. All right, walk through that. Yeah, thank you for your analysis there. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty extreme. It was pretty extreme. Yeah, I'm just curious what you think. We open with the Bengals. That does that does not uh, augur well for a win, and then the Patriots come to Pittsburgh in week two. Yeah, do you want to? Why don't we do this? It's going fours. You want to read out the first four games of the schedule, and we'll just kind of briefly overview them and before you do that i just want to say same thing i say every year like i you actually can tell a lot about the schedule release there's this fad this sort of cliche that people have this time of year you can't tell anything from the schedule okay that's just objectively not true if you had the patriots or the ravens or the steelers on your schedule for the last 20 years it's gonna be a hard game like are you are you kidding me that I understand that there are major changes, like when the Steelers didn't play Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck in the same season, like all those quarterbacks were injured. So, of course, that will happen. But I would amend that from you can't tell anything from the schedule to there's going to be some big surprises in the schedule that way. But you can tell how hard it's going to be. You may not know if you're going to win or lose, but, yeah, you can tell a lot. So what about those first four games? Bengals, Patriots, Browns, and Jets. So obviously, yeah, the Bengals are hard. That that's a divisional game, though. That's why I would like to say it's a toss-up. But with how badly the the Steelers got dominated against them last year, and the Steelers having to add new moving parts, that might be a, a little bit tricky. But you do have to like the Patriots and the Browns without Deshaun Watson. Assumedly, you would you'd presume that they won't have Watson at that time. And if they don't have Watson, they're obviously still a really good team, and they could definitely beat the Steelers. I mean, their defense is so stacked and. You know, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa in his second year. There's just a lot that they have going on there. And then that unbelievable run game is its going to be the same. Like, that's Kevin Stefanski, that um, Minnesota via Denver Kubiak run scheme kind of thing. Like, those run games are going to be good every year, especially with the personnel they have there. But I just am back to having this feeling with the Browns. Like, if they don't have Deshaun, like, the Steelers are going to get them. I, th- I would think so. So having the Patriots and uh, the Patriots, like, it's the Patriots, but – they just had such a lackluster offseason. It's hard to be scared of a team without weapons in that way. They don't have an offensive coordinator. I mean, it's totally in Bill we trust, but they're not an, an overly intimidating team. Uh, Steelers could lose any game on the schedule, and they probably could win almost any game on the schedule. But you got to like that as the second two. And then who's the fourth game again, you said? The Jets. 
Yeah, the Jets are the same thing. Like I, I actually, I could see the Steelers starting three and one with that stretch. I, I, you know, we're Jets fans by proxy of Pat. I'm extremely excited about Zach Wilson, uh, but again, they're they had to rebuild from the Adam Gase era. They had literally zero good players left on the roster. It was insane. I mean, they traded Jamal Adams, which is brilliant. Look what they flipped that for. But they had nobody on the roster. They have so much exciting young talent, but emphasis on young. Even the coaches are young. Never been a head coach. Never been an offensive coordinator until last year, these guys. I don't think that the Jets are going to start rolling right out of the gate. My hope for the Jets is that like halfway through the year they start gelling. But you're just relying on so many rookies and first-year guys. And then a defense that was injured the entire year last year. So there's like no continuity on that team. So while they're talented, I think that uh, they'll, they'll have a tough time. And once again, it really is true. We, we, we're going to predict the Steelers to be around 500. But those three games are very favorable, um, even if the Bengals is a, a tricky one. But hey, at least the Steelers have a lot of familiarity with the Bengals. And what they did against Buffalo in week one last year, it, there could be some eerie similarities because you know they're going to spend all summer diagnosing that Bengals team. And you can't diagnose the Steel Man because it's brand new. Speaking of Buffalo, the next, uh, the fifth game is at Buffalo, followed by a home game against the Buccaneers, uh, away in Miami, and then away in Philly. So the Buffalo thing, I'd, you'd feel nervous about that, right? Just because the Steelers caught them last year. But then yes. when you think about it, they dominated the Bills the year before, too. And Ben threw that awful pick six and just had one of the worst games of his life when he was in that little three-game stretch. And, you know, um, Deontay's dropping the ball, what, three times in the first possession or something insane. And they just shot themselves in the foot. But they really confused Josh Allen that game. And then we said, going into the opener last year, they really confused Josh Allen in the prior game that they should have won. There, there's no way they're going to be able to do it again. And they did it again. So there this very well may be like a like a Steelers versus Peyton Manning or a Steelers versus uh the Chiefs pre Mahomes, where it's like, huh, the Steelers have this team's number. So and last year was also in Buffalo. So they just been up there. Obviously that's gonna be hard as hell. Buffalo's kind of the Super Bowl favorite or one of the few Super Bowl favorites, but I think that there might be a chance that the Steelers have a nice matchup against them. Um, I'd probably take the Bills, but like I said, that that's not a foregone conclusion. There's no way they're beating Tom Brady. <laughs> they just they never do. So the Buccaneers game, like I'm sorry, what a great passing offense they have. Byron Leftwich with tons of familiarity with Tomlin and what the Steelers want to do. I really think that there's like it's probably childhood trauma and adulthood and adolescent trauma. And adulthood trauma. My entire life has been watching Tom Brady rip the Steelers' hearts out. I think that there's no chance they win that game. What about you? Well, Tom Brady's got to fall off a cliff at some point. I don't think so. I am past that take. You think he'll go to 50? He just led the league in passing last year. It was unbelievable. He might go to 90. I don't know. He's, He's sold his soul. He's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, don't feel – where is that Tampa game in Pittsburgh? Yes. That's nice. That helps. But, no, I really – and I just think – I do think Tom Brady himself has such a feel for the Steelers' stupid little zone defense. And uh, they're not going to be able to just man up Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But, hey, their receivers always seem to be getting injured. 
And AB's not on the team, but he might be by that time because their receivers are going to get injured and Tom's going to be like, yeah, we're bringing him back. Arians isn't the coach. I don't know if you saw this today, but David texted me. I was going to hold that for our last little tidbit. I feel like now's the time, right? Go for it. Maybe the Buccaneers won't have this. Won't have AB, but maybe the Steelmen will. For AB hours. tweeted. AB tweeted, "Just want to retire a Steeler today," and I think a lot of people will be screaming at that. I laughed and told David, "Man, I must have Stockholm syndrome." Bring him back. Come back, AB. We want it. Bring him back. Imagine that stable of receivers we'd have. Oh, my gosh. I I just want it all to be okay at the end so that when he retires, we can be like, yeah, that got a little dicey there. But, man, that was fun having him as a Steeler. And you want him to be a Steeler for all time that way. I honestly do. Like, that stuff was so painful. Hated it in the past. Hated him. Still have like a, oh, that was so crazy. But uh, I would love – and I think it's that, come on, you want that for your franchise. Like, he's the best receiver in franchise history. It's unbelievable how angry people get about that. Like, Hines, what? I didn't say the most well-liked. Hines was never a top 10 receiver in the NFL, let alone the single best receiver in the NFL for, like, seven years in a row, right? You can't just not have that guy in your you know, coming back to Hines and whatever. Like, he's got to be part of the franchise that way. But the real reason why we want him to come back is if he comes back, I mean, Ben's coming back, right? And he's coming back thirty at 35 years old, right? This is be a fountain of youth. Le'Veon's still out there, okay? Martavis just got cut by the CFL. Let's scored, get the band back together. You know he scored his first touchdown in six years? Did you see that? He's so he's fan, ready. He's in, the, he's in the fan-controlled league. With T.O., Nice. Cool. Well, then that means he's all warmed up and ready to go. Bring the boys back. Let Kenny and Pickens and the boys just take a little bit. They get to see greatness up close, and we get some revenge on Tom and the Buccaneers. Well, we're talking about the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Maybe they're, maybe Joe's still in good good enough shape to at least get out there for a play, a game. Oh, yeah. He can get out there. Provide okay, so who's after, the Buc- who's after the Buccaneers? Miami and Philadelphia. Uh, both so Miami is stacked. Miami is so stacked. People don't realize how good the defense is. I think that's the big thing about Miami. We obviously know the receivers are crazy and this and that. I mean, Tua sucks, dude. The Steelers do a good job against teams with choky quarterbacks. That is going to be such a hard game. But, again, just look through history. It's been happening forever. The Steelers can can make their way with that because Tomlin will scare the team all week like he does talking crap to the corners and everybody. They got Tyree Kill. They got um, Jalen Waddle. They got all these guys. Kasicki. Like, you got to be aware of them. They're better than you, man. They're faster than you. He'll. They're scary enough for the Steelers to take seriously, but the Tua thing kind of makes it a little bit easier. And then Philadelphia. I forgot <laughs> what time it was. I was getting so – yeah, I was getting so excited by this. We'll do a quick roll through. That's sort of a similar thing where uh, Jalen Hurts – I, it's he's so easy to root for, and he keeps getting a lot better. But you know that that's encouraging to not have an elite type of quarterback for that. Uh, but we'll we'll talk a lot more about the schedule. Maybe we'll do kind of like a half and half, anyway, since we're sort of halfway done now. But you can talk about it in the meantime at Colorcast, which is a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use, where you can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Colorcast app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. And today's episode of Steelers Outpost Podcast was brought to you by Sports Drink. 
your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow. They got podcasts for tons of the major sports teams. And uh, if you want to get some information on the other teams, it is a great way to do it. Hopefully we'll have some collaborations with them uh, throughout the year. But we're, we always really appreciate Sports Drink for hosting our podcast. All right, this is a kind of a super episode, everybody. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.